This time loop thing. How did you get out of it? I simply boosted the circuits and broke free. You came back of your own accord? Well, I... Doctor? No. No, I'm afraid not. Now, obviously, the Time Lords have programmed the TARDIS always to return to Earth. It seems that I'm some kind of a galactic yo-yo. Welcome to Galactic Yo-Yo, the podcast where Doctor Who fans share their unpopular opinions with the world, and I have to deal with them. I'm your host, Molly Marsh. I tried to record this intro earlier in the street, but it was really raining and it was really windy, and I was sort of running because I wanted to get home um, quickly because of the rain. Um, so I was really out of breath, and you could hear the wind, and it was yeah, it was just a shit show to be perfectly honest with you. So I'm recording it again now. I've just finished editing this week's conversation with Crystal D. Uh, who I went to visit um, last night um, in order to have a conversation about um, the Timeless Children, uh, which, of course, was um, the final episode of Series 12. Um, as you can imagine, it was a pretty meaty discussion. We, I think we pretty much covered everything about the episode. As usual, uh, we start with the things that we like, and then we let the conversation um, veer into more critical territory. Um, later on, there were certainly a lot of questions to be asked about certain things about this story, and I think this is—I mean, it's just the beginning <laughs> this week in terms of the discourse for this one. This this is going to be um, a contentious episode, I think, for years to come, which I guess can only be exciting, can't it? Um, but anyway, I this is my last episode of the podcast for a while. I'm going to take a break uh, for a few weeks before I come back and do more. Um, regular episodes with um, people sharing their unpopular opinions with me. Um, I'll say what I normally say about this time, which is, if there's anyone you'd like me to talk to on the podcast, any creators um, that you that you think it would be good for me to chat with, just let me know in an email, galacticyoyopod uh, at gmail.com, and I'll try and sort it out. Obviously, I can't promise anything, but I'll do my best. Um, thank you so much for listening. Over the last nine weeks um, to my reviews um, and thank you to all my guests who've joined me uh, for the for the reviews uh, and I can't wait to see what um, what Christmas and what series 13 um, throws at us but anyway I'll be back uh, in a few weeks but first without further ado here is my conversation about the timeless children with Crystal D So I'm here with Crystal D, back once again. Hello. Hello. <laughs> um, thank you for joining me again. Last time we met for one of these was a roaring success. People took a lot from it, I think. It's so nice. Um, yeah, there was lots of feedback. Lots of people seemed to listen to it. Yeah, virtually all of it positive feedback, which was great. So I thought, why not bring you back <laughs> for the... So Crystal's cat, I, I'm sorry, I don't know which one it is. This is Biscuit. Biscuit. As interested in my XLR cable. Um, um, I'm trying to shoo him away because... It's no problem. 
It's he a pretty sturdy cable. Through. He actually might chew through that. So. Okay, I, d- I wouldn't want you to get electrocuted. No. Um, anyway. <laughs> uh, yeah, I thought I'd bring you back for the end of series twelve because the trouble is for you, like while you were working for Doctor Who, right? You didn't, you didn't feel able to maybe. Well, it wasn't so much I didn't feel I could; I wasn't allowed. You weren't allowed, sure. Really, mm-hmm. um, it would have been inappropriate for me to unprofessional, right? Unprofessional because of BBC's impartiality. Uh, in the same way that you know, if you if you're working at McDonald's, you're not gonna you're not gonna slag a- off the chips. Announcing, yeah, I actually prefer Burger King's chips. Exactly. Yeah. So, so I resorted to just not giving an opinion at all, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. positive or negative. I think I think probably that's the right stance, right? Because otherwise, you you can start to sound sycophantic. Yeah. Just I I just kept my mouth shut, really. Sure. But there's something quite annoying about that because one of the reasons why I decided to leave the BBC. Mm-hmm really is so I could be a fan again and watch the show at the same time as everyone else yeah. and be surprised at the same time as everyone else and engage in those those sorts of discussions and be able to have an opinion and express that. And to be fair, I haven't really tweeted very much on social media about the series, but I have now and again. And I've been a bit more opinionated. Like I've said, mm-hmm. if I like things or I don't like things. And I've been like ranking episodes as well. And I just couldn't couldn't do that no you wouldn't have been able to do that yeah so that must be exciting for you it's so much fun yeah it's so much fun and i've not known anything about this like nothing the only thing i knew because uh it was spoken a bit about at work just before i left was the spyfall episode okay right so that was yeah that there, there, there was some discussions about that when i was at just before i left right which was like a year ago Fair. Coming up to about uh, about a year ago, I started having interviews and actually mm-hmm. left mm-hmm. last May or June. I can't remember. Okay. Um, <laughs> so it's just like the beginnings of talking about the, the first couple of episodes. Exactly. And, and that was it. But to be fair, like the only thing I remember from that conversation is Jodie Whittaker was going to wear a tuxedo and I was like, I am on board. <laughs> so that's my, that was my only takeaway. I think I forgot everything else. I, I, you I, were just blinded by that yeah, in the meeting. Yeah, I was blinded like by that. Like a cloud came over <laughs> you. But I remembered yeah. the most important fact, which yeah. was that she... Chris Allen's going, Crystal, Crystal, wake up. <laughs> Crystal. <laughs> Pretty much. Great. Anyway, I thought I'd bring you here to talk about The Timeless Children, the explosive uh, final episode of Series 12. Now, we kind of knew from about halfway through the season that, like, Chris was going to stir some shit up at the end of the season. He was right? stirring we shit up at the beginning. Well, for sure. This series yeah. has been... It's flipped things it, on its head. It, yeah, infinitely more intense mm. than mm. Series 11. Series 11 was quite tame. That it seemed deliberately reserved. I think deliberately reserved, I think. But I think too reserved. mm it didn't really start Jodie Whittaker with the bang that I think it should have. No, I think I saw someone saying on Twitter, and I always forget when I reference people's tweets uh, who have, who has tweeted them. So sorry again if this was you, um, but somebody was tweeting that obviously we saw a massive viewing figure spike at the start of Series Eleven because people were tuned in to see Jodie Whittaker in the role, and it's a shame that the show didn't so much grab those people, mm. uh, you know, with two hands and go, "This is so exciting." please stay instead yeah. it kind of it just plateaued it tried to ease them in which i don't know i see why they yeah. went with that but i'm not sure it was necessarily yeah the best approach in hindsight but that but then again you know it's 
always easier to see those things in hindsight, right? Yeah. Um, my observation as a fan is that it was too gentle. Yeah, and I, I just think that Series 12 has been really, really good. Mostly. It's been um, like having whiplash, hasn't it? Yes. This series is not messing about. No, no, no. You, I mean, you can accuse him of being a lot of things, but you can't accuse him of being a coward, right? Absolutely. It's just from the from the word go, it's just been... I can't even find the words. It's just like... It's just, just so much better. Yeah, it has been better. There's been a, a, a more consistent quality across yeah. the series. Not that last series didn't have its moments, but like there hasn't really been... An awful episode this year. Do you no. know what I mean? Like Orphan Fifty Five maybe wasn't great. You know, I know people who really hated that one, but it but there was no but it's not massive bad. But that's the thing, they're yeah. not even those two. My least favourite were Orphan mm. Fifty Five and Praxis, but but they weren't bad. If you put those in series eleven, they probably would have come out as yeah, yeah, exactly. one of the better, Some ones. Of the better so, ones, right? So the quality overall I think is a, is is a lot better. Yeah. And it feels like proper Doctor Who. There's a lot more monsters, a lot more variety, yeah. a lot more action. Mm-hmm. There's a lot more for Jodie Whittaker to do. We're seeing a little bit more of the companions' lives definitely, as well. Definitely, There's a lot more character development, just all around. It's been there's a step. Been, it's been a step. There's up. been an improvement. It's been a step up, and it and it still looks incredible. Like production value has just been amazing, yeah. right? Anyway, at so the end of the series. <laughs> We're 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 putting it off because there's so I can feel us both putting it off because there's so much to kind so of I, I'm, yeah, go so into. I, I don't know where to start with it, baby. So, so move. last week, <laughs> sorry, the cat. So last <laughs> week uh, left us in a in a on a big cliffhanger. The master comes through the boundary, and he says everything you know is about to change, and which is a bit of a promise to the viewer in a way, isn't it? It's like yeah, you have I'm to deliver on that. You have to really deliver, and stuff did change. Like we, we you know what we know has changed. I'm not sure it satisfied me, but what did satisfy me was the other half of the plot, which is the companions and the Cybermen. I thought all that stuff was absolutely brilliant. That's really interesting. Why? Mine is the reverse of that. (laughs) I just thought it was so... um, I thought the character work between them was really good. I really liked Ryan's moment where he blew up the... um, blew up the Cybermen and he had his little Ryan Sinclair's a hero kind of moment. Um, I really felt... like the uh, the listeners of this podcast know that I'm not the biggest fan of Tosin Cole's acting. I think it's mm. a bit um, phoned in most of the time, and it it really shows when he has when the script gives him something to do mm-hmm. like that. So he really relished that moment. I love the scene between um, Graham and Yaz, where Graham's oh, talking so about cute. how brilliant Yaz is, and it's like and it's like really well performed, like really naturalistic dialogue, really yeah. great. I love the part where. Um, Ashad is marching up and down the corridor and they're all in the cyber costumes. That was so tense. It was yeah, such a brilliant yeah. set piece. And I love the part where they arrive in the in the cyber costumes um, at, at the base and Ryan and Koshamas and everybody don't know. Yeah, um, yeah, I yeah. I thought that was brilliant too. Uh, yeah, I don't know what I suppose fault really about that. No, I, I suppose for me, so I don't disagree with you. I think, I think all of that was amazing and um, I've been completely captivated by the guy who's playing the lone cyberman mm, that i think performance. he's called patrick o something oh my patrick goodness okay i think it's called maybe? i think so something yeah. like that and that that particular performance mm. 
for me has been stand out over the last three it's episodes. been amazing yeah really really good um and the cybermen have and it been takes a lot to outshine the villain performance of sasha doan as well who's yeah, done a really good yeah. job yeah and it's so difficult to bring back villains like the daleks and the cybermen mm. and and keep them fresh keep them definitely scary um and add new mm-hmm. things to, to them and the one thing that has made this particular Cyberman scary and terrifying is the thing that makes a Cyberman, the, remo- the removal of the thing that makes a Cyberman a Cyberman in the first place, which is taking away the emotional inhibitor, sure. giving him some humanity. And that rage and anger it's is great. so threatening. It's really, really it's great. It's so terrifying. So so that for me is, it has been really brilliant. I think so much of that stuff i mean it by itself is so is so strong and it's it, it's so wonderful to see all of that character development and, and the you know this lovely set pieces and the the side men and stuff but the i think some of it is 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 s- sort of for me kind of overshadowed by the big elephant in the room which is the development the the the, the big the stuff with the doctor and the, the master, stuff with the right? doctor and the master which i think as a fan so i reckon i imagine as a casual viewer Mm. you probably would buy into the Cyberman action more yeah. than you would. Yeah. I think for me as a fan, for me, I'm just so keen on... Well, this is it. I, yeah, I think The I've canon and the... Yeah, your mind kept wondering back during those Cyberman bits, yeah, right? Yeah, and the mythos and, w- and, and that sort of development. And so I kind of almost like... Zo- it was a shame because I, I was so into that yeah when that's kind of what i mean i think it's i a just shame, wanted it to go back to those scenes because right, like right. it kept going back to the to the guys with the side men and stuff mm. which is awesome but i was just like i, I i'm desperate i just to find need out. to know I more i just need to know more yeah and I, maybe on second viewing then then those scenes will pop out to us more exactly, because we yeah. know all that stuff now and i actually I, I hadn't really thought a lot about those cybermen and companion sequences until it was either the following day or a couple of days later when um my friend um uh sent me some messages saying oh that you know that cyberman stuff w- was really mm. good and i i just thought yeah you know what it was really because really i was good, like yeah. slating a bunch of the other stuff by the episode and i had to stop in my tracks for yeah. me and go oh no that was really good but yeah. be- because my brain had been thinking oh god i need to find out like you say like i need to find need out to what find these out. revelations yeah, are and i think actually on second viewing my mind would be wanting to get back to the yeah. uh, to the to the Cybermen stuff. I, I think genuinely thought because of the amount of uh, sort of character development and one of the sort of those lovely scenes, the scenes specifically the scene with, between Graham and Yaz. Yeah. I I really thought somebody was going to leave. Yeah, I thought because that you don't really do that unless. Well, I, I don't know. You don't really do that. Not normally. It was like they were saying goodbye to each other. And I thought somebody, I thought maybe, maybe Graham. <laughs> I sort of thought maybe Graham would leave. Yeah. I don't know why. I thought his cancer would come back and he would, something tragic would and, happen. And maybe Ryan would say, oh, I've got I've to look after Grandad now, whatever. Yeah, or something like that. Um, I think maybe that's still going to happen in the special perhaps yeah i almost um, thought thought graham was gonna run away with that lady um oh ravio is that is that the lady the lady the, the cyberman lady the yeah well, the, the lady, one with all the, the resistance lady yeah yeah yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. she's on the i don't remember name, <laughs> names very well because because there was that scene where there's a little bit of like slight she's bit like, of flirting yeah oh i like weird or something yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah, I, yeah. I was just like okay i like i mean again that could still happen because they're all in the same they're in the 21st century now so um 
So who knows what's going to happen yeah. there and who no- knows what's going to happen in the special in terms of the companions and the Doctor crossing paths again because yeah. they're completely separated now. The Doctor's in this Jadoon prison ship thing yeah, and all of the companions are on Earth with these uh, future people. So yeah. I'm quite excited it's to see TARDIS, how that though. plays I'm, out. I'm slightly distressed by the amount of TARDISes there are. Just knocking about. Knocking about. Yeah, true. Um, there's too many TARDISes up for grabs. There's <laughs> one uh, disguised as a house. They would have to learn to fly it, of course. But if somebody discovers yeah. that, you know, there's that that could equate to more people. I kind of like that traveling in time and space. I kind of like but dangling threads like that. Like who's yeah, real? Who's gonna? What might and, happen and then there's season. that poor TARDIS that's been left as a tree. There's a tree. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In the middle of nowhere. Mm. Um, yeah. I was it slightly really felt like they were going to leave. Somebody yeah, was going to leave. Yeah. And I, like I say, I think it, I think it'll probably still happen in the in the special. I mean, there's rumors flying about everywhere, so and I think yeah. it's probably well likely. It, I now mean, they've done two years. Now, now is quite a weird time because we know from previous doctors there's this thing of doing three years. Yeah. Which yeah. is like, I think it's like passed on from doctors. It might be a Patrick Tr- Troughton thing. I think it was Troughton's idea and he would it, then yeah, tell the yeah. doctors, yeah, you've got to do three years and then move on. Most people do three years. And so as we enter into... I mean, we haven't really had confirmation as to whether there's going to be Series 13. I presume... I think, yeah, I think official we have com- actually. Official yeah, confirmation. I think we've had official confirmation. BBC confirmation. I believe so. Oh, that's nice. I'm See, not, I'm so out of the I'm loop these sure, days. I'm not sure, though. I think so. No. I think, I think well, Jodie in an interview saying that... that they're going to stick around. staying on for Series 13. Oh, well, that's nice. Yeah. That's nice. Um, but the companions haven't said anything. No, they, they haven't so said anything. But we, we might end up in that weird situation again that we got with um, oh, Bill. with we Capaldi, where yeah, where yeah. you get two two years with a consistent uh, companion, yeah. and then the, the third year you in, you have to build I up a new character. It's true. I would like to see Jodie alongside someone else. Yeah. Not because I don't like the current companions. I really do I like it them. Needs an overhaul, and I really like their chemistry, but. I would like to see a bit of a switch up. A I bit think we like need change. The, because the companion can completely change the show. Definitely. Just look at when uh, Catherine Tate came in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it just it turned the show on its head. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It when, gives it a fresh when, energy. Yeah, when uh, Pearl Mackey came in yeah. as Bill, again, yeah. turned the show on its head. So if if they're going to do three years, mm. I would, if, if I suppose if I was showrunner, I would use that final year to do... So, to, to, to experiment and to do play around and a to bit. play around and change it up a bit. Why not? Why not? Um, but that's just me. We're still avoiding the. the we are avoiding <laughs> it. It's just such. A, it's too big. It's, right. it's a meaty subject. So, this episode reveals that the master has been kind of rooting about in the matrix. He, for some reason, they don't really explain why he was kind of. I guess he was just bored. Right? I'm still so. I'm still so confused. Right. As to why. Gallifrey just seems so easily accessible now because it was stored away in a pocket universe, blah de blah de blah. The Doctor forgot, then he remembered. Right. Basically, yeah. yeah, the Doctor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, Gallifrey, Gallifrey it lives. Oh, it's somewhere. It's hidden yeah. somewhere. Well, in, in Hellbent, they imply that it's that it's not in a pocket universe anymore. It's at the it's at the end of the, the end universe, of the universe, and they're hiding there. And then uh, that's the last time we saw Gallifrey, isn't it? I believe so. I just think. It's kind I don't of been hand waved away a little bit. Maybe, yeah. I mean, I suppose if it is at the end of the universe, that explains why there's a 
boundary or a portal into another universe. Yes, I guess so. Yeah, it's yeah, like where the walls that. are touching yeah. almost. So that could Perhaps. make sense. But I just thought that there's something so Gallifrey has been. I don't really like it when Gallifrey is overused, because no, nor I, do I. I don't think. So I, I became a fan during the Russell T Davis years, mm-hmm. and obviously what he did was destroy Gallifrey. And so for me, the notion of seeing Gallifrey and going to Gallifrey and seeing Time Lords was like so exciting. It's going to be a special thing, right? It's going to be a special thing. And so when uh, the last of the Time Lords, no, not that one, End of Time, mm. when that happens and Rassilon. Oh my God, so thrilling. And all that. Yeah. Like it was so exciting. And then I think... Even in Last of the Time Lords, where they show that flashback sequence of the Master just, looking at the... And you were like, oh my God. When, and that yeah, was just like yeah. a tiny flashback. Or even flashback. when like, the Doctor is recalling his life in Gallifrey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's just yeah, like, yeah, so, it's exciting. so exciting. Because it's so mysterious. Mm. And I think gradually, as the show's been back, we've been going back to Gallifrey a lot and revisiting Gallifrey. Mm. And um, we obviously had Hellbent and all of that stuff. And But this, but this is one of my problems because Hellbent... I uh, yes I so so for me I, you might be about to say what I'm going to say okay. what I'm thinking of but when in Day of the Doctor when they said mm. Gallifrey falls no more I thought that was the finding Gallifrey was going to be the the aim for the mm-hmm. next ten series mm. or the next fifty years mm. even and that's, and then the, it that's just, the new it, plot it, it, it turns up I think a lot of people away. thought that I think I thought that as well yeah but but I think what Stephen realised is that's actually not that interesting as an idea. And 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 what Stephen did in Hellbent was was show everybody, look, you think you're interested in this Gallifrey mythology, but it, but he demystified it and he went, look, this is what's really interesting, a story about the Doctor and his best friend and yeah. their toxic relationship and him getting over her and learning to be a more mature person. And like he did this amazing story with the backdrop of this silly the backdrop of mythology and, it, and he d- totally demystified it. What this episode does is goes, okay, you know, we've got these companions that we've been sort of half-heartedly trying to build the relationships up of and, and mm. um, build character stories about for, for, for two years. They're actually not that important. And what's more important is this grand sci-fi well, I mythology, think what which I find so boring. I think what's brilliant about this episode is traditionally i think to your point traditionally i don't think time lords or gallifrey have been particularly exciting mm. quite boring yeah um and i'm I might sound like i'm contradicting co- contradicting myself now because i i think as a fan revisiting visiting the doctor's home planet is exciting in itself but mm-hmm. time lord society and uh, you know time time war stuff great invested yeah time lord society rassilon all of that stuff not so interesting mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and for me this episode has really added something very interesting to Gallifrey and the Time Lords yeah they are suddenly oh I have so much to say about this I don't I, really look, know where I'm, to start I'm not not interested <laughs> I'm not not interested yeah. in it but I just my look my face didn't move at all when they were explaining it I think because it was like a PowerPoint presentation rather than a piece of drama. It, you know, we, we didn't see the Doctor, you know, discovering this stuff for herself. And, and somehow well, it was all being explained. It I was, knew it was a man explaining it to her. 
and it was like yeah space okay there was this person called mansplaining mansplaining it it was literally 45 (laughs) minutes of of mansplaining from the master yeah (laughs) and he's going and he's going okay there was this woman called tech and you're like fine i don't know i don't know or care who that is and then you're like and then when he says the timeless child is you, I was I was I was unsurprised by that. I was unsurprised by that In because I think by that point I knew. I think I knew. We all. I think we all knew. I mean, who else could it be? Yeah, we all knew. It was He's gonna not going to go. The timeless child is Dodo. Yeah, is he? It's not going <laughs> to. It's, it, it's going to be that. It's going to be either the Doctor or the Master. Yeah. At that yeah. point, I tell you what, though, with this episode, I I didn't like. I didn't like that at first i didn't like the fact that we were seeing the doctor's origin story straight away mm, mm. um it felt very laid out on the table like the here's here's what happened it was there's it was like a script treatment rather than a script the bit and the reason why i i at first i actually had to kind of like think about it and think about the bigger picture because as a fan mm-hmm. my fan brain brain that wants to know the chronological order and the canon Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and where everything fits for me the doctor's life pre-william hartnell yeah is a a mystery yeah and for me i'm i have always been of the belief like many fans that the doctor you don't go there we don't go there the doctor the doctor's story starts on gallifrey doesn't want to do time lord stuff Mm -hmm. steals the tardis steals the tardis and can I swear on this podcast? Of course. Pisses off <laughs> and uh, goes to explore the universe. And for me, that's the Doctor's, not origin. Well, yeah, that, that is yeah, the Doctor's the origin, origin story. Right? And before that, the Doctor's life on Gall- Gallifrey, before that, I feel like it's it, it shouldn't really be touched. No. I have always felt like that. And so at first I was a bit like, oh no, like I don't want to know this stuff. But then... As I thought about it, I also had to give myself a bit of a talking to because I was like... I totally know what you mean. The show totally has been back for so long. I mean, it's been, you know, it's over 50 years old. Mm-hmm. It has been back been for back so long. For it's like been back 15 for 15 years. years. Right? You do have to... And, and Doctor Who's always added stuff, even in the classic era. Of course. Has constantly added stuff to the to the mythology and... and little nuggets to kind of move things along definitely whether that's a doctor having two hearts or even regeneration in the or first even, place even time lords or, or even time whatever lords. yeah yeah it's the, the the notion of time lord society mm. and all of that sort of stuff so so i respect that this stuff is necessary and actually it's not been done badly for me it makes sense and in many ways the doctor is even more of a mystery now because where did the doctor come from in the first place? It's it, it's yeah. It's thing is yeah. That, see, I think see, that's definitely I, what it's trying. Where to I do don't want to go now is where is to answer is that. I don't want to go into that other universe to where that child is, is actually from. from. Yeah. So I so I'm sitting there thinking, a, a, agreeing with you, like having those feelings you were having about like, oh no, you can't mess with this. You can't you can't mess with my special thing. And then I gave myself that talking to of, well, actually that's it's that's fine. not important. It's fine. It's fine. It's not a problem. But then I'm thinking. <laughs> vape sound effects there <laughs> on the podcast and and then i'm thinking well what is this new mystery they've given us okay the new mystery is where is the doctor if the doctor's not from gallifrey where is the doctor actually from i also don't care about the answers of that like so she's from planet gob uh, on the on the outer rim in the parallel like it doesn't matter like i don't the answers to that are not 
interest like any answer you could provide mm. to that is not interesting it doesn't really at matter. all it doesn't it, no. it makes it makes absolutely no difference to and, and in yeah. fact because she does still doesn't remember that stuff it, it kind of what has happened to her still kind of makes no difference to her character yeah. because okay she's learned that she was a victim of abuse as a child but like that doesn't really change who she is no. because she's already fighting against injustice so that just kind of will add to yeah. that it's not a it's not and she doesn't remember it anyway she's yeah. just seen it in the matrix and it's like and even it's all trying the to add stuff but it doesn't it doesn't really add anything no and i think even all the lives that she's had doesn't make any difference the doctor the most important thing is the life that they're living now and that's the point and, and, and the episode she, ends she, up making yeah, right exactly. the, end, the episode ends up going well you know yourself and and you yeah. you know you, yeah you may contain multitudes but you are what you are I and mean, actually well, why do we waste half an hour then yeah. talking about all this tech and, stuff? And I suppose it opens a lot more doors in as much as I think we can probably assume that the Doctor has infinite lives and regenerations. Like, it's quite hard to... It has been quite hard to chart that for a long time, ever since... Yeah. Ever since the regenerate I mean, regenerations... The Doctor's regenerations have been mucked up quite badly. Like, oh, yeah we've like lost what count counts, of what how count, old the doctor how old is, is she? like yeah. you know I, I i preferred it when david Tennant was like i'm 903 <laughs> years old <laughs> i'm 904 years old <laughs> whereas now it's just like and then there's you know heaven sent where the doctor's just going round and round and round for, for, for like billions, billions years. Years. yeah and it's got to a stage where i'm almost relieved that this is kind of not that completely away it's actually just like it's impossible to count it's impossible to know. Yeah, what you're saying makes so much sense just to me. Gi- and I, just give up on I'm it. I'm so like, behind it. And it's it's almost, again, it's almost what Hellbent's doing. It's almost know. what Pandorica Opens Big Bang is doing, which is saying um, every story, this like a quote from Hellbent, that every story ever told ever really happened. Like it's it's saying, yeah. it's d- dismantling the idea of canon and going, no, the Doctor is whoever you want them to be. Yeah. Everything happened. Except it's not really doing that because it's saying... The doctors who you want them to be, everything happened within this new structure we've created, and yeah. actually that—that's like no, like don't don't you know, create more just to put another fence on it. I don't know. It just it. I struggle with that. I struggle with that. Yeah, it feels one issue that I have. This is slightly related, but one concern I have over the doctor's character and what this is. Because on the one hand, yes, it's important who the Doctor is at that moment in time, what that incarnation is. Mm-hmm. But my worry is that I had this with Clara. Clara is a companion who just becomes too special. I worry if the Doctor's too special. Too special. Why? Yeah. This is the, th- the doctor, thing a lot of people me, have been saying. The Doctor has always been... This is might be a, a Stephen Moffat quote, or it might even be something he said to someone who said to someone who said to someone. It's just something that I heard once. Mm. Uh, maybe it was a Stephen Moffat quote, but... Um, I believe he said that Sherlock Holmes is a human trying to be God mm. and the Doctor is a God trying to be human. And something that y- the Doctor has sort of been a God in as much as, I say that, a God compared to humans sure. in as much as the Doctor has time travel and is from time... Uh, and, c- and is virtually immortal like, and all that Yeah, stuff. all that sort yeah. of stuff. But what what's so appealing about the Doctor is that the Doctor is almost like a victim of... I mean, the Doctor is definitely a victim in this episode, but previously, the Doctor, you know, doesn't agree with... doesn't just... doesn't agree with the pomposity and mm. the kind of superior, superiority superiority of Time Lord Society and all that sort of stuff. 
just wants to explore the uni- universe and do something that's really quite human. Yeah. Is help people and make connections and explore and learn. And and he's just the one, he, and he or she humble. is just the one who happened to have the get up and go to, to, to do that. Right? Yeah. And it's just, it's quite, the doctor's always been quite humble and... Mm-hmm. Maybe it doesn't matter. It probably, you know, it probably doesn't matter. But knowing that the Doctor is uh, the reason why time laws exist and regeneration exists, for some reason, it just doesn't quite sit right with me. The Doctor, the Doctor saying to the Master, "I am so much more than you," because of uh, genetics. It's so weird. It's 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 odd, and it it goes against the underdog. It's like when they... I don't criticise Stephen Moffat a lot, but it's like when he made the Doctor um, the the president of the world. Mm. It's the same thing of like, no, 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 this person's an underdog. Like, this person's, you know, is... Like you say, yeah, it's just a, an ordinary person who's who's broken the mold and is doing everything yeah. they can to help people. And Yeah. Yeah, the, that, that did not sit right with me, the no. Doctor saying, I am more than you. It's it's slightly yeah. It's, it's there's something about that that doesn't quite sit right it, right with me. It would make more sense if the master had discovered that he was the timeless child, and he now that would and have been he so now had a, a justification for hating everybody. He's now got you know he's now got even more of a megalomaniac complex. Yeah, and yeah, that would it would be like a it would be like a, a you know a spoil child wouldn't he yeah it'd be, yeah. Uh, it'd be so much more interesting that many ways would be a lot more interesting yeah but no yeah I, I i've seen a lot of talk online about uh how this fundamentally changes the doctor's position in that's what it is yeah. isn't it it's it's the doctor's position i just think there's something even subconsciously like I think, yeah, even subconsciously as you're watching the Doctor, you know, now you know that the Doctor is this special, mm, significant mm. person. And that completely changes what the Doctor is and always has been. And again, maybe... obviously It doesn't, it doesn't, though. Like it doesn't, it, it's it doesn't. having its cake and eating it because it's changing it for the purposes of, like, a headline story yeah. of, of uh, we're it changing the mythology but it's not actually i mean fundamentally meaningfully changing w- fundamentally anything. it does not really matter no it's such a stupid thing to get hung up on yeah for sure for sure um but i think like most doctor who fans change is sometimes hard to swallow and certain things definitely there are definitely. certain things when significant things about a character is changed yeah and i think quite annoying i think it doesn't help that um I mean, firstly, people don't like to feel like previous stories I've enjoyed are being are being messed with, and yeah. and secondly, it it doesn't help that uh, this story still leaves us with, with quite a lot of questions and quite a lot of mystery mm. about what actually went on because you yeah. can't really explain everything within that forty five minute window or sixty five minute window. So what you end up with is something that you can't really put in a box on uh, TARDIS w- Wikia anymore. <laughs> Which maybe is a good thing, <laughs> to be honest. But also, it's things like... I was going to get to her later, but why not talk about it now? The Ruth Doctor. Yeah. Who I absolutely loved. Yeah, I thought she yeah. was one of the best things about Series 12. But it's still not that clear where she fits in. Yeah. And, and like, are we going to see her again? Like, Well, it's that... I think it's that thing of being a Doctor Who fan and wanting to know where she fits in. Yeah, yeah. I want to be able to... 
put the doctors in order on a t-shirt and wear it mm. to a convention. But I think and I, I think can't. It, no, you <laughs> can't, can't do that. Do that. <laughs> but I think it matter. I think it matters as well. I d- I do think it matters on the story level because the implication for me with with the timeless child thing is okay. The Doctor, as we know them, is the same. Started at William Hartnell. That's when they became the Doctor. They left Gallifrey. They, that the story is intact. But before that, they were they were exploited and abused in this way. They were the timeless child. They worked for the Division. They did all this other stuff that is completely unlike the Doctor that we know. And that's why it kind of works, right? I think so. Where, I... But but the Ruth Doctor. She's Doctor Who. Like, there's very few differences between her and Doctor Who. Does she work for the division? I think, I think they're implying does. that. They imply that because I mm. think because that's probably why the Juno after her. Because I was trying to suss it out on Tardis Wiki ahead of this podcast. I was just trying to clarify, you know, also where, what was going on. Yeah, I d- <laughs> but I don't think Tardis Wiki. Uh, no, have it's a an clue. assumption. I, it's maybe it's, it's everyone's an making an assumption because I, I think that there's also a question mark hanging over. Well. There's the implication that they keep taking the Doctor through these various life cycles, wiping the, wiping their memory, and then yeah. setting them on a new life. But like, Ruth, I've seen some... Ru- Ruth's Doctor's got a police box, which is also bugging me. I was going to get to that. Because I thought the police box was stuck. It was the reason why it's a police box. It was stuck in the 60s yeah. with Hartnell's Doctor. I, yeah, I, w- I was going to get to that because... Which is confusing There's me. There's a question mark over... Did that just happen once? I.e., have we had... 12 timeless child regenerations and then Hartnell or if we or is it that the doctor went through life after life after life after life after life and then Hartnell and I was talking to um somebody uh who was saying to me oh I actually quite like the element of it that maybe um maybe the doctor went through that over and over and over again and then Hartnell was the was the doctor who decided who just went you know what I've had enough subconsciously and ran away yeah but that doesn't work because Ruth's doctor has already run away yeah Ruth's doctor is already, already traveling like the doctor yeah. that we know and love and already has a police box maybe she regenerates into William Hartnell and ends up in the 60s maybe she liked the 60s so went back to the 60s mm-hmm. as Hartnell mm-hmm. and decided to stay there I don't know I'm confused. But yeah, but he says in the in an unearthly child, he looks they get to um the, the like the cavemen times and and the doctor looks at the TARDIS and he says something along the lines of Oh, it hasn't changed this time. So like yeah. what gives? Like what's going on? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what yeah, that's what I thought. I thought it, the moment it gets stuck is 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 in is, an unearthly is, yeah. child. And it and it can't just be that Chris Chibnall's kind of gone okay yeah i know that but it, we it's need nice we need box. this iconic shot of the police box being dug out of the ground it can't be that i would have just kept it with a chameleon to, yeah exactly because it could have been the lighthouse right yeah and 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 he's like he's taken enough care about other stuff that he wouldn't like he knows what fans are going to be like so i don't feel like he'd do that mm. it because it because the whole point of this is that it's filling in gaps Maybe that she... fit you know he's explaining uh, yeah the the continuity error of the Morbius doctors. Yeah. If he's filling stuff like that in, he's not going to create another like a whole new. Well, it's not. No, it's not going to be a careless mistake. By it's making a a mis- a deliberate or accidental mistake yeah. like that, it doesn't make any sense. I I paused the episode twice when I was watching it to laugh and put my head in my hands. <laughs> the first time <laughs> was um I can't remember which order these two things happen actually. Well, the 
Hmm, I can't remember. I think the f- the first time was the um the Morbius doctors coming up on screen. Yeah. I was just like, I cannot believe that in the year of our Lord twenty twenty, <laughs> Chris Chibnall has decided that that is the thing oh, he's going to fix. Yeah. From a from a a story from forty five years ago, <laughs> it almost felt like he wrote a, f- a fan fiction in in the eighties uh, to solve yeah. that problem, and then and then he's like, I can actually put this on primetime BBC One it's if amazing. I want. Uh, and that's, that's what every he's done. fan. I mean, I mean, if it's you're a fan, he's dream. a fan. So it's so yeah. Obviously. It's like you know, I get it. Um, yeah. The other time that I paused it to laugh and put my head in my hands, and and this isn't that I was despairing and never going to watch again or anything. I was just I was just amazed at the audacity of it. Was the Cybermasters? Yeah, I lo- I I genuinely really just like those. Incredible. They're so ridiculous. If you were still making the fan show, you would be making a Cybermaster oh, collar out absolutely. of aluminium right now. Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. Um, there's there's just something so so stupid it about is them. So camp, but it's so camp. But I really like the design. It was fine. Yeah, I wasn't even mad. It was. I fine. wasn't even mad. No, no I wasn't. No. I was like, actually, this is great. This yeah, is so, this is so much fun. Um, another thing that this is this is getting into nerdy fan territory. But another thing I'm uh, trying never to never mind that. Well, no, never exactly. Mind. This is why we're here. Mm. But. Um, the timeless child. So this is to do with. So we know time lords can switch gender. Right. Yeah. We know that. Um, but in terms of should age, we, so should we just go back and kind of try and map out the timeless child story, and then and then we can look at this along the way. Does that make sense? Okay. I feel like I need it. Expect, okay. I feel like I need it. Okay. If that me. would help. Yes. I think that would help, and then we can okay. look at this on the way. Okay. So, Tech Taeyun. Yeah. She's a Shibogan. Yes. Right. She's the first time lord, first Shabogan to discover space travel. I thought it was a Shabogan. A Shabogan. That's but, right. But yeah, you're Sasha right. Sasha Duan pronounces it Shabogan. Oh, it's Gallifrey, Gallifrey. Yeah. Metabilis, Metabolis all over again. So I say Shabogan. You say Shabogan. Let's call the whole thing off. <laughs> right. Anyway, so she, she discovers space travel. She travels out to this random planet, finds this orphan under a boundary. That's Does what we she? see. Does she travel out? I thought she... Oh, yeah, she was an explorer. Yeah. I thought the boundary was on Gallifrey. The boundary leads... Th- there, were, there were two boundaries, there were weren't two there? Boundaries, so there was the boundary yeah. that leads from Earth to Gallifrey. Oh. And then there was a boundary that you... That yes. is not even referenced, but that you see in the flashback above... Yeah. On this other planet. Yes. Okay. Above um, the Timeless Child. Yeah. She can't find the parent of the timeless child, so no, she takes it on there. takes yeah. the child on board her ship. Takes the kid back to Gallifrey, brings the kid up. The kid falls over one day. Yeah. And dies and regenerates. Yeah. And this we see as something that happens in Ireland. Oh yeah, like a an, false memory. A, as a false yeah. which is a bit weird, but we see that happen. And then obviously no one's seen regeneration before, so they're really shocked that the child regenerates a number of other times because the mum because Tetsuya keeps killing the child. So that's when. So I think when the child dies and regenerates for the first time, that's when Tetsuya, as a scientist, is like, "Oh my god, I have to know." I need to about tap this. into this, yeah. And as a result of the experiment, it sounds like the child is either forced to die or just dies. Yeah. But the speed in which the child keeps dying. Is quite distressing. It's quite suspicious, isn't it? It's suspicious. So it sounds. How many times is she falling over? Exactly. Yeah. It sounds as though that that is going on, and then eventually, 
she cracks it. Yeah. Whatever but you were going to say something about the gender of the yeah, child. Yeah, so, so the gender changes, and we know that's been established in Doctor Who. Uh-huh. I believe this is also the first time that we've seen male to female, but this is the first time we've seen male... Um, well, no, sorry. Yeah, we've seen a male Time Lord regenerate into female, but mm. this is the first time we've seen a female Time Lord regenerate into a male on screen. I, I guess because we haven't seen I read that Missy on into... into no, uh, John's... We've not seen Gomez into Dewan. Dewan, no. Um, no. So th- I think in fact, people are questioning whether Dewan's even after Gomez. Yes, they think he I might be before, but... Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah I don't know. Yeah. Um, so I read that on TARDIS with here today. Um, but we know the Doctor... The Doctor through the Doctor's adult life, even that's even if people from Gallifrey can become adults or mm-hmm, whatever, mm-hmm. or or whatever the species the Doctor is. <laughs> I don't know. Confused. <laughs> but the Doctor can age between regenerations uh, in terms of appearance. So so right, the Doctor yeah, yeah, yeah. can become Peter Capaldi. Right. Or it, or the master, John Sims Master in reverse is like I'm going to be cut. You know, like when yeah, yeah, when, yeah. It's when Derek, Derek Jacobi yeah, yeah, becomes John. Yes, got you. Like, I'm going to be young and uh-huh. all that. So we know that the Doctor can kind of switch age and mm. become younger and older. But the child kept growing. Like, like I didn't think of this at all. Yeah, the, I mean, we could you, you could argue that is just editing, and all of these children are actually appearing in different order. But as I yeah yeah are actually uh, growing the ages into adults, and then possibly maybe, maybe I we, we don't know. But it's it's weird that the the child starts off really small and mm. then <laughs> and then as the regenerations go on the child ages the and child gets, ages turns into an adult maybe that's what or happens a, teen, a teenager until until you ser- turn you a fix, certain age yeah, right you, you and then you fixed at a certain point maybe sort after, of how after like 21 or something yeah sort of how um when we stop growing as human beings we just we just stop at through, a certain age when and you then go through time lord puberty yeah yeah, then you just stop. Whatever like, it is. Then your regenerations, you can appear older and younger, yeah. but you, you've you stopped actually growing yeah. kind of thing. I don't know. So here's a question. So we've always, we've always referred to the Doctor as, as a Time Lord. Mm. So the Time Lord is a title. It's an invented title. It's not really a species. It's a, it's invented. It, not really, although Gallifreyans... it's kind of a species because it's it's a combination of a Gallifreyan and whatever. And this the, DNA. The, this d- yeah, this DNA is. So the Doctor... So is it so so let's go through the list. <laughs> so there's Gallifreyan, yeah. Time Lord. Yeah. Um whatever the thing is that she comes from. Yeah. Uh this is Shibogan as well, which she's not, but is she a Time Lord? Yeah. I would say I'd say definitely. Time Lord still. Without a doubt. Is she a Gallifreyan? Probably not. No. No. <coughs> no. no. Probably not. No, she's I would say She's adopted by a Gallifreyan, but she's yeah. probably not Gallifreyan. Not Gallifreyan. So she's not but she still she still can say she's from Gallifrey, in the same way that you know, if you were if you were born in India and then you come and live in England, yeah. then you would say that you you were English, right? Or you would you wouldn't necessarily say you were English. You might say you were Indian, but you would say I'm from England. Yeah, possibly. You could say yeah. that. Okay, this is this is just <laughs> just just trying just to just establishing just the fact. Trying to yeah yeah get all of this straight. It, it's funny as well. Someone pointed out, um, I remember who it was this time, it was at the whippersnapper, Josh. He pointed out that, isn't it hilarious that the Doctor goes through like all of these different genders and races and then is 
uh, like 13 white dudes. <laughs> like it's that's from Hartnell so onwards. True. But like that's just that that is just a necessary well, evil just, of yeah. yeah exactly. But it is it is. I was no, you're right, laughing yeah. when it was going through all these kids. I was like, and they were like all different races, yeah, different yeah, genders. Yeah. I was like. Oh, I wonder why that pattern yeah, stopped. Yeah. <laughs> I have not looked very much at Twitter, but I bet a certain crowd had a field day with that. Oh, definitely. Yeah, definitely. I haven't looked at that. I, I don't, found I, it I anywhere, don't but like I'm to sure, look at all that stuff I'm sure because it's that happened. just really annoying. I, what I did look for, because I think you see about seven or eight different kids, yeah. and I was like, somebody is going to find out the names of these children so oh they no. can be... So, but, uh, no, as in like, so they, they can be added yeah. to the names of the people. Because like... We didn't know the name of the kid who plays the doctor in the um, in the barn scene in Listen yeah. for years, and then someone found out like the name of the uncredited child actor, and now now it's on yeah, Wikipedia. Yeah. So yeah, we've well, got eight child actor names to find out or goodness. something. <laughs> um, Try fitting that on a t-shirt. Well, exactly. Yeah, there's so many more faces now, and then presumably, yeah, you get Morbius doctors. So right. So my theory is that you that the doctor. Because people have been saying, well, this renders, this really changes the events of um, Time of the Doctor when Matt Smith is given the extra regenerations yeah. by the Time Lords because, oh, he could have just regenerated anyway. Because It sounds like the Doctor's got infinite... That's what... I, but I didn't interpret it. it that way. I interpreted it as the cap also applied to the Doctor. I think... Oh, uh, see, that's yeah. That that's the thing I'm confused about because I think initially, the Doctor, as the, as the timeless child, mm. had infinite regenerations. Yep, that was the impression I got. Yeah. Yeah, and then when it was distributed to the rest of the Gallifreyans and they became time, they Lords, kept it. They kept it at twelve. Mm -hmm. I wonder if the Doctors were capped as well. I think the Doctors were capped, or like. <laughs> well, otherwise it wouldn't make sense for the Time Lords to, be, to give the Doctor more regeneration. Unless th unless they know. And they are, and it's all a facade so that mm. the doc doctor does not find out that they're the timeless child. That's kind of how Perhaps, a lot of people yeah. seem to have interpreted it. Yeah. Is that actually the doctor would have would have regenerated anyway. Yeah. Or maybe wouldn't because actually time, lord <laughs> time lords choose to regenerate, don't they? They can stop it if they want, mm. like John Sim does in Last of the Time Lords. Yeah. Um, so maybe because he would have assumed that he was dying... He would not have perhaps, regenerated perhaps. because in his head he's run out. Yeah, maybe. It certainly and raises some interesting questions. But it, uh, actually, that is one of the things that I quite like about it because the f the idea that the cap is artificial, I quite like. Yeah. Because it has always seemed quite weird that the timeless can yeah. kind of willy nilly dispense so new regeneration cycles and stuff. So we know that. So this is another. What this is another thing I'm trying to work out. So I'm probably saying all obvious things but it's good to say yeah, things out loud to, yeah it's good to hear it so river song oh uh, so yeah it sounds as though it messes up the river song stuff big time so it sounds as though initially you get inject so so you get in the original time got injected uh -huh. with this stuff mm -hmm. but then can it be passed on well presumably yeah because then they they said the original time was got injected and then there was some bit of dialogue about then it was hereditary and was passed down okay. through generations but that still doesn't explain but that still song. doesn't explain River song because she, she's a tardis baby she's got yeah she's got time head she was, <laughs> she was she was you know she got the power of regeneration from through osmos osmosis. Yeah, osmosis from the time vortex which kind of doesn't make any That's sense really anymore. weird it kind of i mean maybe it sense. altered i get the impression though 
that Jim, Chris Gilmore just hasn't watched the Stephen Moffat era. You never know. I just don't. I think he's. I think know. he's not seen large chunks of it. Yeah, that could explain why there's some similarities and maybe some. And like and stuff like some certain approaches. The the master. Yeah, yeah. And like it just seems like he was busy when the, when Perhaps. the Moffat years were on, Perhaps. possibly. Yeah, yeah. Um, Ball church was happening. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, so, I mean, perhaps an explanation could be she got regenerative power through the time vortex, and maybe that is the thing that Tecteoon discovered, maybe discovered an element of, maybe there's a similarity in in, in whatever she discovered in terms of what, what makes it. I don't know. As in the as in the the timeless so child got the regenerated so perhaps, powers from the time vortex so in the first place. In the first place, perhaps. Right, right. Perhaps her her DNA is a result of being exposed to. Yeah, maybe. In her world, in in the timeless child's world, mm-hmm. perhaps they are exposed to. Maybe they live on the time. Maybe they live in a time vortex, or maybe they live in a part of space that is a rift in time and space, or like maybe. a weird. Like there's lots of like time weird time stuff, stuff going on yeah maybe that's what makes them the way they are some people have suggested and i quite like this idea but i've been told it's a boring idea but apparently i oh. i think it's quite a nice idea you obviously you see the boundary above the timeless child what if the child is from the f- some point in the f- in the future and of gallifrey and oh, they're sent back through the, and they're sent back from the boundary and it's just a, it's just a causal loop which I think is quite neat, but I mean, it, it, it's not that it's not like it's not really meaningful. Oh, like a bootstrap parent. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's not like very meaningful thema- thematically. No, but then again, but like, it works. None of it is, and that no, no, I mean, no, that exactly. was the that was the key. We've been asking questions really, rather than being outright critical. But that really w- com- speaks to the heart of what the issue I have, which is, what's this story about? Yeah. Other than like Doctor Who fan stuff, well, what, what is this story about? That, what was I don't so, know. what what I was so surprised about this series is how quickly I thought Chibnall would get to the fan serving stuff later maybe in his last series Mm. he's already U-turned on the whole anyone can watch this you don't have to know anything about Doctor Who to fan this is what I mean it's like he was holding in his his fan fiction from the 80s with all his might last year and now it's just just exploded I just can't not write this and in many ways I find it quite it's quite Stephen Moffaty in that because Stephen (sighs) it is and it isn't really liked to but it was always in service of something else that's true yeah it's like what I was saying about Hellbent but it wasn't just for the sake of it yeah he brought Gallifrey back in service of writing a story about the Doctor and Clara. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. He, he would always bring stuff back and, and like make it vanish in service of the story. It was never... Yeah. Um, Just vanish. It was never for its own sake. Mm. That was the kind of... That's the kind of issue I, I had in so. a way. It, it always seemed to be about something larger. I don't know. Do you agree? don't know i mean uh, maybe i think during <clears throat> the latter part of the Stephen moffat years i did start to feel that it was serving a particular group mm, mm. i don't think they were very accessible episodes no maybe not maybe not but this but neither but was then this, this isn't either but that's <laughs> what i'm saying i feel yeah. like it's 
but but and but then, then but yet the general public like so many people I've spoken to and so many people seem to enjoy it. But I think that's because the I think I think it still holds up as a I think side men stuff side man stuff holds it up as a it's just about yeah digestible yeah as a episode I think. I was talking about this with with Kez last week, and we were saying actually we think that this idea of like the casual fan who can't understand like Doctor Who sci-fi stuff is kind of not. I it's think, not a thing. I think we are quite. Um, we're naive. Naive about, it. about that. Yeah. I think like it's like we're, we're like living in an age of of like the Marvel Cinematic Universe and and like yeah. the Star Wars films. Like f- people people get it. It's fine. Because I always think, oh yeah, you know, you won't understand. Like you know, and trying to explain. Like I I don't really try to. I almost don't even try to get on get people onto Doctor in the first place because I always think, oh, it's just going to be such a chore this person yeah, yeah. to like there's just so much to understand and sometimes i'm just like actually th- it would probably be fine i probably would would get it yeah it it's probably fine and you assume it, oh th- i guess this is something from we the all past became, or none of us understood any of it when no exactly first, you know, like, exactly i didn't understand i didn't understand anything about doctor who when i first saw it but also did, the internet's there now and you can literally inter- pause yeah. it and google stuff i think we're just that's i think right? that's just the selfish the selfish side of a doctor who fan who it's their thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We don't want to share it. And um, I think we have like a sort of like superiority complex that we're like, we Definitely. know all this stuff and, um, oh no, it'd be far too complicated for you to understand. Th- they don't want to, they don't want, like, <laughs> yeah, they don't want to have to believe <clears throat> that everybody else knows about Tech Tayoon because then they'll have to be like, I know, but there was, there was this thing before it's like Rassilon and Omega and like, they'd have to explain it. I've got questions about that though. Okay. Because, I've got questions about Rassilon and where yeah. Rassilon... Where's Rassilon and Omega fit? Because obviously the, the story always went that Rassilon and Omega and perhaps this shadowy third figure founded mm. Ga- Gallifrey and Time Lord Society. And there's a line of dialogue in this episode that talks about, oh, and they invented myths that to right, cover up yeah. the, the Timeless Child story. So is the Rassilon and Omega stuff just invented myth? Is that Perhaps. what they're referring to there? Or did that stuff still happen? Because it, it still fits. You can still fit it in if you want to. It could to. have happened, but maybe slightly, slightly differently. Maybe Tech Tayoon, after she started regenerating and got all that power, mm-hmm. renamed herself or himself Rassilon or something. Oh, so maybe that is Rassilon. Maybe. Yeah. I sort of just of understood founders. it that like the regeneration branch of it was done by Tech Tayoon and that maybe Omega still invented oh, TARDISes. Because yeah, they don't they don't true, really address yeah. how time travel was well, was discovered by the time yeah, it was do they? Later. Yeah, so yeah. I doubt I doubt Tech Tayoon invented everything. No. So maybe she's she, maybe she's just another another cog maybe in the wheel, the right? Shadowy figure. She's the shadowy th- she's the other, right? Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I I guess it, do, it, it again this is the sort of thing that does that only really matters to people like mm. you and me. But but also I'm not having that because it's no, it's like the alternatives just aren't that interesting. Like, sure, Russell and Omega has never been that exciting as a storyline. Mm. Neither is Tech Tayoon. To me, it's replacing, mm. it's replacing one boring bit of mythos with another. With another. I definitely think it adds something. I don't think it really takes away anything, any of the existing stuff. I think it just no. adds a bit of more of the backstory. Yeah. Is that, I think, I, I, you know, I, I think it goes, it covers up, it covers before pre-Rassilon pre yeah I, th- I think what, yeah when like, I look at the actual 
stuff it gives us i'm not mad like it doesn't ch- it doesn't I'm, I'm not mad at the episode because it changes any of that stuff mm. or because there's new stuff because i i'm kind of just mad at it for the way it the way it showed me that stuff yeah and the lack of meaning that that held just that just that i was just sitting there like why do i why do i care about any of this it seemed like it well one of my major issues was it seemed it seemed a bit insulting to jody as an actor I they were what, asking her to, I, I, to this, give this non-performance. This, this segues quite nicely into Jodie Whittaker's performance because I think this is something we should talk about. And sure. I think... I don't think Jodie's a bad actor. No, not at all. At all. I she's just an think excellent actor. She's not been given a lot to do. She's In been given more this year. But she's been given much, more this year. Not as much so as Capaldi was given or Smith was no, given no. or Tennant was given. It's quite... I think... As a result of that, the performance has been a little bit. Um, I, I always say beige. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Just yeah. quite beige, and there's nothing really that's uniquely. And that sounds like I'm Jody having a go at Jodie. No, and I'm not. not. I'm having a thing. go at Chris. Not having. Yeah, I'm not having <laughs> like a go. At I'm Jody having at a go at the people who've made yeah. her have to do that. Like, to me, it's so it's so hurtful that in her second series yeah. finale. You know, in Peter Capaldi's second series finale, he spends an hour on his own, like acting the and walls holds, off, and, and, yeah, and, and holds it holds it up. up. And I don't doubt that Jodie Whittaker could do that if given the opportunity or something similar. Well, her stage, there's the the, the stuff like uh, her on stage stuff is is phenomenal. I don't doubt it. She just needs to be given the material. But and instead, they've got Sasha Dewan acting his socks off. Yeah, but talking even like, at her for forty five yeah, minutes, yeah. and but it's just so awful. What really frustrated me is. As she's kidnapped and uh, well, not well, yeah, you know, strapped up and put in this mm. weird thing, um, you know, she can't move and all that. The master, as you say, is is shouting away, and she literally just watches him and like it's this it, passivity, it's, isn't it's it? So passive, and the master calls up the hologram of the lone Cyberman. He's mm. about to do something quite. He's about to invite the the, the Cybermen over to gather, yeah, yeah, yeah. and Jody doesn't even say anything. No. No, like no. David Tennant would at least go, no, but you can't. Yeah, and and this is no, a, this has been it. a contentious one. But even like, at the end, she's going to set the bomb like, off, and Koshamas comes in to to save the day, and she just without any argument lets him sacrifice his life, and it's so hard to talk about this stuff because it sounds like I'm having a go yeah. at, at her, and it sounds like I'm having a go at the idea of a woman as Doctor Who. Sounds like all this stuff. I'm not. Uh, I I'm in favour of this stuff. I'm in favour of uh, uh, of Jodie playing Doctor Who. I'm in favour of a woman playing Doctor Who. And that's why I'm angry. But that's why it's such a shame. That's why it's such a shame. That's why it's so incredibly frustrating to see the first female, yeah. female Doctor be this passive figure who spends her season finale with uh, the, the, a man talking at her, a man saving the day, um, yeah. you know, a man that we only met five yeah. minutes ago saving the day. And also, I'm sorry, I love that Yaz and Graham scene. But They're that's the sort of s- sort of scene that historically yeah. would have been given to the Doctor, you know, yeah. Bradley Walsh's stuff, all that emotional well, stuff, all that comedy. They're, they're getting all the variety and all of the stuff, the stuff with depth, and mm. that's what I thought with Series Eleven. In that finale, Graham and Ryan get all of the action and practically yeah. save the day. Yeah. And actually, to be fair, th- throughout, Graham has had some of the strongest scenes and some of the strongest dialogue. He's there to impart wisdom and give yeah. comedy. They're, they're, they're the two and of the Doctor's is, main this, roles. Now this is going to sound awful. And this is uh, this is not me shitting on Jodie Whittaker's doctor, but I'm sorry, but Ruth, Ruth's doctor stole the show. 
the the rogue doctor. Ruth not out, but but interestingly enough, she in the in, in the episode she's in in F- Fugitive of the of the Jadoon, she brings a better performance out of out of Jodie. Yeah, to see yeah, someone yeah. so dynamic playing opposite Jodie, and given this yeah uh, this great material, it because. Cr- yeah. The thing is with that story, the uh, people I talk about oh the 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 doctor who's not a story about the doctor and you shouldn't focus on the doctor too much, but actually, yeah, in Fugitive of the Jadoon, Ruth Doctor goes through turmoil and comes yeah. out of it, fre- and like she's given some meaty stuff, and like Jodie's given but some I, meaty stuff. I even in, in think turn. I'm kind of more talking about her just her presence for sure. I just think she kind of outshone Jodie slightly because she is this very striking f- figure her costume yeah even her costume but it's also the way she holds herself the way she delivers lines i, I absolutely love her i think her, she's the, great the, just the tone she's more direct and more mm-hmm. but i think that's fu- that's also fun in, that's also partly in the writing as she's well she's less fun in games but yeah. i think i think the mistake you can make when writing the doctor uh-huh. is writing it silly mhm mhm because Yes, the Doctor is silly sometimes, mm-hmm. but that's usually for the actor to make their own. Yeah, you, so you, yeah, you don't want to go too far Matt Smith Series 7. No. Slightly well, then you start, the you start playing the tricks. So, yeah. like, you know, David Tennant had his, well, yeah, you know, yeah. Yeah. and all that. You start, you know, and, and those things often develop mm-hmm. over time mm-hmm. um, as the the the, uh, the actor plays the Doctor. But sure. there's not really been anything that's unique to Jodie. Like yeah, I, yeah. So I, I'm being awful now. No, no, you're I'm not being, being awful. So you're brutal. not being awful. What what I'm, I'm wary so, of? I'm being so you brutal. are being brutal, but it's fine. To, it's like I'm not going to lie and pretend that but I don't I'm feel that way as well. I, what I'm wary of with with saying that I prefer the Ruth Doctor is what I don't want to do is get a second female Doctor and use her as a stick to bat the first one with. I yeah. think that is yeah. completely wrong. However much I enjoyed Joe Martin as the Doctor, I yeah. think she was great, and I think actually again. It's going to be pretty insulting if Chris leaves that there and goes, okay, we've got the first black doctor or first doctor of colour and it's a footnote in Doctor Who history. Yeah, yeah. And it's something where when they eventually cast a, the lead doctor as a person of colour, um, the fanboys are going to go, oh, well, actually, um, Joe Martin played the doctor in two episodes. Yeah, in, in, yeah. You know, that, which is painful for me to even think about. Yeah. Also, there's a, there's a slight um, mystic Negro um vibe to the role that the joe martin doctor plays in this episode which is kind of mm. imparting this worldly wisdom and it's quite okay. different from the role okay, she plays yeah. in fugitive of the jadoon i was kind of disappointed that that yeah, was yeah. that was all we got from her was yeah. this stuff i was like oh i kind of i well, kind I'd, of wanted <coughs> that double act yeah i'd wondered when she was going to come back and i yeah. always thought that she would come back fully and double team with mm. the doctor mm. I think it's doctor. disappointing. We I hope we'll see her again. I hope so I too. I think it's going to yeah. be so sad if we don't see her again. Yeah, I think that there's a, there's there's Some a lot there that's there. Un, yeah, it's, it's sort of unfinished. Anyway, but I just want to clarify, like before people start quoting me on Twitter and taking <laughs> my my what I've said out of context. Um, I do think you know Jodie Whittaker is a fantastic actor. Me the same. Um, me the same. I speak. That doesn't mean anything. Sorry, uh, I agree. I agree. <laughs> I, I you know I'm just speaking as a fan and. What I want from the doctor uh, totally. is 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 something that we're not entirely getting. I think you and I feel the same way. I think we, you know, I think it's it's our approval of the idea of Jodie Whittaker as the doctor and uh, approval yeah, of that casting. It. And I think she looks great. I really like. That is making her us outfit. frustrated, really like, right? Yeah. That's what's making us frustrated. You know, and I like, I, uh, uh, you know, and just in, in you know, 
sort of contrast that there's been some scenes this series that I've really loved mm, mm. where she snaps at the friends. Yeah, what a great scene. She is showing a lot more, um, what's it, um, range. Yeah, yeah. She's not just this kind of colourful, fluffy. It's like the Doctor fundamentally is quite an unhappy person. Mm-hmm, I think mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think the doctor suffers from a lot of angst and a lot of um, the doctor is running away from Gallifrey and running away from themselves so, and their problems right? and their problems. Mm-hmm. And the reason why the doctor distract like the, do- the doc, you see you see this so much with uh, with with Matt Smith being so clownish. Oh, my God. Yeah. And then there's these moments where. He just snaps. It, it, yeah, yeah, and like is is completely terrifying. And there's so much darkness kind of underneath. You get that with McCoy. McCoy is yeah, a bit I was like that. just about to say McCoy. Oh my gosh, yeah. Sylvester McCoy is like that, and yeah. can be so yeah, so completely clownish, but then at the same time can be quite can just switch and just be quite yeah. But but also like I feel like one of the one of the things I feel like I'm most missing is still is comedy. I feel like... But real comedy. Like real comedy. Not like, not like... None of the lines have really made me laugh. No, whereas like... Like Graham's it, lines have. Graham's lines, because that's a different sort of comedy. Yeah. It's like... It, it's like it's character comedy. Yeah, yeah, whereas yeah. when you watch um, particularly Smith, but also Tennant and even Eccleston, and even Capaldi, actually, mm. all, of the, all of the modern Doctors, every other line yeah. is a joke. It's a joke, yeah. And yeah. this is something people like... I think this don't is, notice very I much. I think this is a weakness. Every on, other line is a joke. I think this is a weakness on Chris Chibnall's part. Yeah, I mean I Stephen Moffat's a sitcom writer, think, yeah. so that's why it came it came easy to him. I think I d- yeah, I don't think he is as good as it, Russell and Stephen at writing at comedy. comedy. I mean, if you look I at his other work, you know, Broadchurch isn't sharp, exactly laugh a minute, is it? Sharp, <laughs> no, there's, <laughs> and, there's, it's, and it's not it's not trying to be. That's, no, you know, exactly. It's not, that's not the point of it. There's a certain sort of sharpness and wit to yeah, yeah. Stephen's Doctor Who and Russell's. Every line is mm-hmm, meaningful mm-hmm. and um, so efficient. It's so e- it's efficient. It's so quick, so efficient. And I feel like the pace has changed. Uh, things do move slower mm-hmm. with with Chris Chibnall's Doctor Who, um, and that's not necessarily a bad. And that's thing not necessarily a bad itself. thing, but it's not it's not as sharp as it could be. And it's sharper than it was in series 11, but mm-hmm. there's still... It takes a long time to get to a point. And I think there's filling time with stuff which is supposed to be like adding something to the characters, mm. but doesn't always. Like that scene with Graham and Yaz, wonderful, lovely to really see. Really great. But there's other times where it's like, I'll I'll bring up an example from series eleven. Okay. It's uh where I think it's the second one. It's the ghost monument, and they're Fine, in that yeah. tunnel, and there's a door, and it's the the shot stay. I've said, I think I might have said this before on on a podcast, but um, the shot stays the same, and it lingers right on her and everyone else around her, uh-huh. and there's a door, and she goes, "Ooh, a door! I like a uh, what something like I like a." whatever a door big door or something <laughs> and then she gets out a screw screwdriver does this big elaborate movement opens the door and then she turns around and she goes ominous and then they walk in and i just feel like you've just spent 30 seconds opening a door whereas 
you could you could build up some tension there. What is behind that door? Give me a jump scare. Yeah. Zoom in on the lock. There's a brilliant light in, in the in the um, what's it? The David Tennant one with the Jadoon in the moon. Uh, uh, Smith and Jones. Jones. Where there's like there's so many scenes in 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 that where he's like opening doors and it's like it's it's almost like editing choices. Mm. It's just like jumping in, like literally doing a jump cut. Yeah. In on the lock, and then jumping back out. The the sort of uh, the the sort of wonky angles. Yeah, definitely. As they're running down the corridor, and it just feels so exciting. Just speedier. It's like standing in the tunnel, going, "I'm going to open a door now. Watch me open it." And then does the movement it, and goes, and then explains to us that it's ominous. I don't need Jodie Whittaker no, to explain it's, to me. It's, the doctor it's to also explain an, to me that yeah. this, the environment is ominous. I know that. You can see that but through the drama. Show me that it's an, uh, I don't want you to tell me it's ominous. It's another example it's, of it's, it's, a thing I've talked about a lot, which is on the podcast, which is, well, a guy off Twitter called Jack Graham, whose opinion I don't always agree with, but he's right about this, re- has referred to the Chibnall era uh, disparagingly as, as big finish on TV at times. And what he means That's by really that interesting observation. is that it's, set that it's like almost like the set. They're constantly pointing out stuff that the audience yeah. can see. There's a, the moment I've mentioned a few times this series is in Spyfall. There's a scene where they are on the plane. And it cuts to the doctor seeing the bomb in the cockpit mm. of the plane that the master has planted there. And then it cuts back to the master and he goes, cockpit, cockpit bomb. It's like. Yeah, we know. Yeah, we we know just that. we yeah. just saw it, and there's loads of examples of stuff that's like that. I can't that's think of any others, but there's loads of things where they're just pointing at stuff. That's pretty much hit the nail on the head for me. Mm. Yeah, because obviously with audio, you do have to be quite descriptive. Because yeah, yeah, it's, it's like it's yeah. in the imagination. It's but not really even insulting the to power Big Finish of to say that because that's just yeah. a part of parcel the, of their format, right? But the, you know, there's so much there's so much more you can do with television because yeah. you can show things and let all the audience feel stuff. What I actually really what we don't have as much of this time with well with Chris Chibnall's era is just allowing allowing the acting to create to convey uh what we're supposed to be definitely like literally just a shot on somebody's face can tell you all you need to know about a situation mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um I don't need somebody to tell me that uh on on screen to tell me that somebody is feeling angry or upset. I'd rather see it and get to read between yeah. the lines. And they sometimes try and do that stuff, and it and it hasn't always we're not, worked. We're not it's having to work very hard as as an audience, or we're having that. to work too hard. Or we're having to so work too hard. So there's a bit in yeah. Can You Hear Me that I had a conversation about on Twitter where um, the implication is that Yaz is planning to take her own life in Can You Hear Me, apparently. But mm-hmm. this is something that I did not realize until I didn't realize that a couple of days after it aired, when a lot lots of people told me, and I was like, "Oh, she, I, I guess it is that because they commemorate the day together, don't they, Yaz and Sonia?" And I was like, "I oh. was confused about that." So I was confused about that because I just thought she'd run away from home, and I thought the com- I thought the com- commemoration was um, I thought their nana died or something. Oh no, they don't mention that at they all. They don't mention it, but I just I, I, I had to guess. But this is it. It's asking you to, to make a guess. It's asking you to guess. So I was like, what are they com- commemorating? Be. Oh, well, maybe it's their nan. Their but, nan has died. But no, I think the signs are there because she's she's sitting at the side of the road, and the police woman basically talks her out of of taking her own life. But the there's loads of issues with it. Like she's not. Um, like I get why you can't refer explicitly to suicide in Doctor Who. Like I I get why that's 
I think it needed to be a bit more obvious. I think it needs to be, but I mean, the key thing is that she's she's got a bag with her, a massive bag what? of stuff, and, and and a few people on on Twitter who've got experience of perhaps trying to take their own life or experience of loved ones doing so, have uh, chipped in and said, "Oh well, actually, that's not all that uncommon to 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 still take a bag even if you've got right. those kind of plans." But even so, that m- in real life that may be the case. But, but in drama, you've got to make things. You have to make some things explicitly explicit. clear, and I think yeah. that's one of those things where it's like if I you're asking, she'd run away. Yeah, if you're asking us to infer that, you need to infer it. Yeah, and yeah, it's like there's there's no middle ground. It's either it's either that or it, it or it's they're telling us there's a cockpit bomb there when we've already seen it. It's yeah, yeah. I feel like we've we've ripped holes in into Chris Chibnall's Doctor Who and we should probably talk about some positives. Yeah, we probably should. We probably should. But no, overall, because this is going to be the last podcast of the series, so mm. I don't want to end it on a negative note particularly. And I have, I thought this series was a massive improvement on last Absolutely. year. Absolutely. I'm so impressed. A great series of Doctor Who and I'm actually excited. Where is it the end of series 11? I, w- I was a bit like, uh, I was a bit deflated. I was a bit deflated and I, and I wasn't that excited to see what came next. With series 12, ending even though it was not my favorite series it's not perfect as well the cliffhangers left so me wanting exciting. more and and the quality has left me wanting more because yeah. you know next year we're gonna like we're, we're i'm getting promised now that i'll get that there'll be stuff as good as uh nikola tesla's night of terror and stuff as good as the haunting of villa diodati and yeah i've got this precedent there now so i'm i'm excited to see it take another jump yeah. next year. I'm so, that's so what excited They, they are going to have to do that because they've raised the bar from the yeah, themselves. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. We're going to have to see the bar raised There again. was not one episode that I didn't really like. There was one episode... So the Orphan 55 episode and Praxis for me were the more sort of slower ones. That yeah, they're, they're weaker. They're, they're weaker. weaker. But I still enjoyed them. And actually, for and me, the Time of Children was quite oh, weak yeah. personally. But I, I would put... I'd probably put all from 55 it. and Praxis above that. But yeah, Praxis oh, I thought was, was decent. It, all of them were really good. I, I, for me, all of them were enjoyable. Uh, yeah, yeah. And particularly Haunting of Villa Diodati, which I thought was absolutely brilliant. Uh, that was my favourite. So is my fantastic. Favorite, my favourite uh, Jodie Whittaker story. Yeah. Like, without yeah. even... I mean, I, sa- I used to say Jodie Whittaker era for me was it takes you away than everything mm. else. And now it's like... Haunting of Villa yeah. Diodati. And then it, it, then for me, yeah, that would be a like really good example to show somebody who's trying to get into Doctor Oh Who. my God, yeah. It's just like, especially I think, you know, great monster, great setting, mm. you know, quite a familiar mm. setting. I hope we like see Ashad again. Of, huh? I hope we see Ashad again. I was, I didn't say this earlier. I know it's kind of tricky too because he blew up, but like. I didn't please. say this earlier, but like, I was so disappointed at how he was so powerful mm. and scary and the master was able to just squash him I, and i know that maybe that that's to say yeah that's i'm a bit disappointed in, but power, i also like i also kind of liked it as a moment it's quite of, funny it's like the moment in um delta yeah. and the bannerman where they just shoot ken dodd in the back it's quite it's <laughs> yeah. quite just like okay that's that that's, thing that's gone. gone now yeah um, but I, I i was i was kind of sad but about disappointing because he's I, such a great villain right yeah, yeah. exactly yeah uh, but uh, so i hope they find some way to bring him back somehow I know. even though it's kind of like kind of hard to get out of that one yeah but maybe well, if, Stranger this, things if the have Siberian happened. has survived oh the my God, explosion, yeah. maybe it contains his like kind his of like consciousness. consciousness or like or, or or like an imprint of his consciousness because it was mm. inside him. Maybe that's how the master can come back as well. Well, apparently, if you put the subtitles on 
of the episode, there's there's a bit where he says like you lot come in here or something. When like just uh, just as the um explosion's about to happen, you s- there's a there's a dialogue oh. of and if you listen you can hear it of the master saying all of you in here or something like that. So they're setting up him coming back. Oh for well, sure. like, maybe they didn't die. Maybe the time lord, maybe the cyber masters are coming back. I'd, I'd be less thrilled about that, but I'm, I I want to see uh, Sasha Dewan again for sure. Yeah. I so want to see that purple suit again. Jesus, yeah, so great. Yeah. So predictions for series 13. W- what do you want to see? Sorry, I'm doing your... I'm, I'm the host That's now. fine. No, I like it. We'll <laughs> do this. <laughs> no, because I, I want to know. Um, what What do you think we'll see? As okay. a first question, but mm-hmm. also what do you want to see? Okay, I want to see um, Captain Jack. Now we've had the promise of that. I want to yeah. see him. I want to see... Um, Either a brand new companion, mm-hmm. um, and I want if it is a brand new companion. Actually, either way, because I want either a brand new companion or I want the Doctor in the hands for a year. Yeah. And either way, I want the series to focus on the relationship between the Doctor and that person, whether it's Yaz or someone else. Yeah. I want it to be about that, and I want the overarching story of the season to be about that. I think that's really important. Mm-hmm. Um. I want to see Ruth Doctor again. Yeah. Somehow, I want to see her again. Um, I mean, God, I, I, I want to see her. I want to see a whole series of her <laughs> <laughs> somehow. I know yeah, that's pretty yeah. hard to do, but I just want to see that. Um, what else do I want? I want more stories like Haunting of Villa Diodati. Yeah. I want more dialogue like that. I want Maxine Alderton, the mm, writer of that, to, yeah, to return yeah. and write at least one episode because yeah. she was great. And I want... Um, who else have I enjoyed in the writing team this year? Um, who wrote Nikola Tesla's Night of Terror? Uh, Forgotten her name. I don't know the names of the writers. I would like her back as well. Um, in fact, all the writers can mm. come back pretty much. I like them all, and, and maybe some some new exciting writers as well. Yeah, that's what I'd like. What, what, what do you think we'll see in contrast to what you want um, to see? I don't think. I don't know. I, d- I wouldn't rule out any of that stuff, would mm. you? I don't know. No. Um, I think my my wants for Series 13 are not too dissimilar to you. I think I'd like to see Ruth back and I'd like to see a bit more development on that side and mm. a bit more just some unanswered questions answered. I think I would like to see the relationship between... If they keep the companions the same, I'd like to see that develop to a stage where... There's been some really nice moments this series where the doc the the friends are seeing a different side to the doctor and a bit of a darker yeah, side. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd like to see that build. The tension build. I'd like to see that build. I, I personally would rather the I don't want it to become a negative relationship. Yeah, but I yeah. do want, you don't want that. I want it to become a bit A bit spikier. A bit spikier, a bit more um I want there to be more at stake. Mm. Within the, the relationship. Within the relationship. And I, I I personally yeah. would hope that we don't continue with the same team of Gray and Ryan and you. I think together. it'd be great to have someone new. I think let's get some, because I think these characters have been great, but they haven't they haven't been the best developed mm. characters, and I think everybody knows that. And I think probably even the team behind Doctor Who knows that. And it's it's 
you've got to do a lot of heavy lifting lifting to make people care mm. after two years of them not caring that much yeah. i think that's a lot of work so i think probably the best thing to do is go okay buy graham ryan and yaz here's so, this new somebody. character and build that character and i'd like maybe one one character one companion, definitely one companion. just focus on yeah yeah I think it's, it'd be wise. Um, and I think some... Or maybe one companion and like a tertiary companion. Like like how um, Nardole or Rory or River yeah. are these tertiary companions that are not... Yeah. Or, or, or even like characters like Mickey, where you keep going back every few episodes and visiting yeah, them. Yeah, exactly. I yeah. think that would work that well. That could work quite well. Um, I think it would be really nice. This is a big ask. But it would be really nice to see a new villain or monster that becomes memorable, quite big in the sort of Doctor Who kind of like the Weeping Angels. Like Tim Shaw. Like no, not Tim Shaw. Tim <laughs> Shaw. <laughs> yes, like Tim Shaw. Yeah. Um, in terms of the new monsters, like they bought, they brought back the old monsters quite brilliantly. Mm. I think you know the Dalek in um, what's it Resolution. I think mm. I actually really enjoyed that. Um, and, and the Cyberman, yeah, great to see the Jadoon again. But the new monsters haven't been that exciting. Mm. Like yeah, let's bring back some some other stuff. Yeah. Let's bring back some other let's stuff. Have the back. Let's bring some back. So that could be quite fun. Yeah. But let's bring let's create something new mm. that is genuinely mm. amazing. Mm. Like see the last big. The last time that really happened was it was the Weeping, Weeping Angels, Angels, really, and maybe the Silence. Yeah, and you, and you, you know those, t- but those two iconic. villains are amazing because they exist to st- to serve yeah. a particular story. Like the Weeping yeah. Angels are great in Time of Angels too, but the, really the reason they're so brilliant is because Blink. Blink was written first, and then they went, okay, we need a villain that yeah. works really well as part of it. They're part and parcel of the story mm. that they that they first appear in. And th- like yeah. most good villains are like that. Yeah. It's the same with the silence. It's going to be iconic for, you know, like you you list all of the iconic monsters and it's like Daleks, Cybermen, Weeping Angels, mm-hmm. maybe Ice Warriors, to do. This Sontarans, is like second tier. Like top tier. Top tier is like Daleks, Cybermen, Weeping mm-hmm. Angels. Mm-hmm. Second tier, maybe like like, like Sontarans, Silurians, Jadoon, Ood. Yeah. Stuff like that. Yeah. And then like third tier is like uh peg dolls. Sure. Yeah. Or like, you know, yeah, yeah, like yeah. great, but like not iconic. Yeah, yeah. Really. Not really. You like like you go to a stranger and you say Dalek, so you mm. say side men, or even you might even say Ood or Santaran and they generally would know mm-hmm. what it is. You say peg dolls, you're like, What? <laughs> or like what else what else is like a kind of tier three? Uh, like the teller. Oh yeah, like all that stuff. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. So that could be quite good. That's quite a good. That could be quite a good task for everyone to do on Twitter. Do a chart, like a like, like a, a pyramid, a pyramid. Yeah, yeah. Top tier. Like they did it with crisps on the. They did. That's right. There's a lot of monsters to fit in, but I think it could be. Definitely. Could be, uh, Definitely. Where Where are the cloths coming for you from last year? Tier four. <laughs> <laughs> four. I think we should stop there. Tenth thank you. <laughs> thank you so much for talking to me, Crystal. It's been no, it's been you. a it's been a pleasure. I've um, got a lot off my chest. I feel that's cathartic. Where can people find you on Twitter if they want to hear more of your thoughts? Um just at Crystal D, which is my name. Great. I'm I'm Crystal D across all of social media. I'm not particularly difficult to find. That's good. Because my name is spelled 
not like the stone, but like Chris. Like Christopher. Tell, like telephone. Christelle. But it's not Christelle. It's or Christ, right. E-L. You don't need this spelling advice, everybody, because it'll <laughs> be down in the description. You can find uh, me on Twitter as Molly underscore Martian. You can find the podcast on Twitter as... Uh, I get so bored doing this bit. As um, Galactic Yo-Yo Pod. You can email us at galacticyoyopod at gmail.com. Uh, and I'll be back in a few weeks, I'm not sure when, with episode 99 and ultimately episode 100. Wow, I know. Okay, bye, everybody. Bye. <laughs>